Welcome to the Real Estate Trainer Podcast with your host, Brian Eisenhower. This podcast is brought to you by Eisenhower Coaching and Consulting. ICC provides customized and structured coaching and training programs for real estate agents and team leaders, representing many of the top producing agents in North America. ICC also offers broker and owner consulting on agents recruiting, training, and retention. For more info, visit EisenhowerCoaching.com or find us on Facebook. And such a small percentage of people in real estate succeed is because they can't do it on their own. The small percentage that succeed are self-aware they can't do it on their own. So what do they do? Well, let's talk about it. Let me show you what a top producer's calendar looks like. Time management and tracking is what we're talking about. We're talking about that spring and summer harvest season, right? And we talk about how business picks up in spring and summer. And that's usually our busier time. And that's when we stop having time to generate new business. Why? Because we're so busy now showing property, writing offers, taking listings, and our marketing department totally shuts down. And during the harvest season, spring and summer, all we do is become a 100% customer service company. And then, you know, sometime over the fall, our business slows down and we have this huge gap in production and we start to freak out and we start to figure out, well, what do I do to get business, right? And then we start thinking, so it's like a seasonal deal. And that's, I think that's why there's so much stress in real estate is, you know, it's, it's oh my gosh, I need business, I need business, I need business, and then I've got business, I've got, I'm closing business, I'm closing business, then I need business. And it, and it can be very seasonal. So it's up and down. We're either totally hungry and we need business, so we're gonna lead generate, or we don't know how to handle business once we have it, and we completely stop trying to get it. Now that could be seasonal. It could just be how you handle every two months in real estate too. It could be, it, you know what I mean? Like you need business, you get it, and then you stop all your marketing and then you don't anymore. And that's low producer mentality. That's low producer mentality. And that, as a coach, looking in on that mentality, that's when I come in and I say, okay, if we're doing that, we're up and down like that, we are void of any time management or enough time management and tracking systems. Okay. So if we want to, the people that say, man, real estate's so up and down and it's so stressful and you never know where your next paycheck's coming from. You've got a bad mentor if that's what they're telling you. Okay. Cause that's not true. That's true for lower producers. That's not true for top producers. It's not true for people that consistently try to generate business at all times because there's no gaps in production. So we stop that real estate roller coaster of going up and down. I need business, I want business. I need business, I want business. And we stay steady. And when you have steady production, you get confident. And when you get confident about your income, then you start making top producer moves. That's how you start affording, like investing in your business and spending money on administrative support or spending money on different marketing tools and things like that. It's because you have a steady source of income. You're not worried about future income. You're not worried about what the market's going to do to your business because, you know, top producers know the market's going to do nothing to my business. I'm just going to keep generating business. I may adjust and generate differently, but it's in my control as an agent to always generate my own business. Okay. 
And you know that if you do it regularly. If you don't do it regularly, because you don't manage your time and you don't track your efforts, then you are at the whim of the market and you will not have confidence and you will remain stuck because you're relying on luck. Luck is not in your control. Luck is not in your control. Okay. So what does it take to have this mentality, this, this high producer mentality that manages their business? The first thing is self-awareness. The first thing is self-awareness. You have to be aware that number one, you trying to do activities to generate business is not going to come naturally. You're not going to just like it. I've never met anybody that did. So even that person that sells a ton of real estate, that's slick talking, you know, that, you know, is sloppy to do a deal with, you all know him. He's a billionaire. He sells all the real estate in your area. They all look the same. They're my clients. They make all the money. They dominate the market share. They all are identical. And you all think they're sharks, but they're not. They are just better at time management than you. They block out a lot of stuff that doesn't matter. And the first people they often block out are real estate agents. The one people that aren't going to give them business. So I'm going to defend them right now for a minute because they're not sloppy to all those clients they represent. Proofs in the pudding. Make sense? So understand that they, they keep their marketing departments open. So yes, they may not call you back right away because they're actually lead generating. They may wait till later that day or they may have their assistant do it. And that upsets us even more and more as they continue to sell hundreds of homes a year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they buy that new jet and all those vacation homes. They're self-aware that it won't come naturally. They're self-aware that they're not gonna, you know, they've already learned or been taught or coached that they're not gonna necessarily like the activities they have to do too. Because if you think you've gotta like the activity that generates business for you, we got a problem. I don't like sit-ups. I don't like cardio. Do I do both of those things regularly? Yes. I don't like watching what I eat. If no one taught me to start eating things that weren't as tasty, I'd still be eating chicken nuggets and, and like pizza pockets or whatever my parents fed me when I was a little kid. Cocoa puffs. I started to eat things that weren't as sugary, that didn't taste quite as good because I learned not liking it was a part of getting what I wanted, which was like health, you know, or whatever it may be. I don't like taking half of my Sunday morning or all of my Sunday morning to mess with going to church. Am I happy I do it afterwards? Absolutely. Would I prefer to have my Sunday mornings to myself? Yeah. That's why I have to force myself to time block it and do it. Just like I have to force myself to do the sit-ups. So if you somehow think that getting into real estate is going to involve a bunch of activities that you naturally want to do without tracking your time management, explain to me that world of crazy. Because I don't get it. If it were that easy, if it was like eating cocoa puffs, everyone would be generating a ton of business. It's not going to, it's going to be eaten like unfrosted wheats or whatever, shredded wheat. Like that's what it's going to be like. Those big old, not with the white stuff on top, just the shredded wheat or like grape nuts without any cereal. That's what it's going to taste like. Make sense? 
So you don't, here's the key guys. You don't have to like the activities. You gotta like the result. So you're gonna have to do something uncomfortably and force yourself to do it. Because remember, this is crazy town. You're the mayor of it. So if you start leaving it up to the mayor of crazy town to make all your decisions naturally, we're gonna have problems. So we're gonna have to trick the mayor. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to have time blocking and tracking and accountability for ourselves if we're gonna do what we need to do to succeed. Because we're gonna have to do some uncomfortable stuff for a while. And it won't be too uncomfortable once we start to see the results it gives us. You see what I'm saying? Like, I don't really need to time block working out in the morning anymore. I do it. I will admit I do it, but I'm, but I, I probably could pull away out of my calendar because I know what I'm doing. I know when I'm doing it. I do it every morning because I like the results. And I actually, the habit is so fulfilled and set that when I don't do it, I feel terrible. Absolutely terrible. And you guys know what I'm talking about. Just like if you go out and eat a big old bowl of ice cream, you don't need to tell yourself not to do that anymore. You feel like crap afterwards. You know, you eat a big old bucket of fried chicken or something. You're like, oh, or a whole pizza to yourself. Like, okay, don't do that anymore. You know? So, but at first it's not comfortable eating a bowl of broccoli or a spinach salad instead. So sometimes you got to do things to hold yourself accountable. So that self-awareness that we're not going to want to do it, that we're going to tell ourselves that we don't have the time, that we're going to use these excuses because the mayor of crazy towns telling us all these excuses. You can't listen to the mayor. You got to listen to your calendar. You got to listen to your coach, your accountability partner. Listen to the people and the things that you put in place to overrule the mayor, but you got to put them in place or the mayor will start yapping. Okay the mayor will start yapping. So remember, be careful not to judge or assess whether you like an activity until you become proficient at it enough to get results. If any of you on here are good surfers, ignore this. Well, no, don't ignore it. You can agree to it. If you've ever tried surfing a few times, wiped out and said, I don't like surfing, it's hard to say that you don't like surfing yet. You haven't become proficient at it. If you did it enough times that you actually got to ride away for a bit, you might say, whoa, this is awesome. Maybe I do like it. Or if you haven't played golf enough until you actually shoot a good low score, you might not like golf. But if you get proficient at it, you might like it. The same thing's true with keeping a calendar that involves some sort of business generation activity. You got to do it long enough because it's not going to feel comfortable and you can't assess it too early. You have to give yourself enough time to become proficient if you're going to try something new. Make sense? Now that's especially true when things get busy. Whenever you get some business. That's when we have to put customer service in its place. Okay. We have to put, because we have, you know, like any business, you got a customer service department and you got a marketing department. You probably have other departments, but those are your two big ones, right? One's going to get your clients and one's going to handle and service your clients. If your marketing department is shut down, which means you're not doing anything to generate business, new business from people you don't have. I'm not talking about like you showing property is not marketing. 
those are clients. They're already with you. You're showing them property. That's customer service. <laughs> Marketing is trying to generate business from people that you're not currently working with, like in your sphere of influence. You know them. They're a target market of yours because you've got them all together in your database and hopefully you have a database contact plan. But you know, a lot of your database contact plan is trying to, you know, is automatic. You know, we're gonna email them regularly. You know, things are gonna happen automated with them. Maybe send them newsletters, whatever. But then part of it's on you. Like you gotta pick up the phone and call them or text them or send them a direct message or do some, you know, social media posting and things like that. Those are all trying to generate business from your SOI. You've got a plan to do it. If you don't time block time for that, you're not going to get the results we've talked about from your sphere of influence, right? Remember the seven to one ratio. If we're able to put a hundred touches on our sphere of influence, so through social media and everything else on our annual database contact plan, we're going to have a seven to one return, which means for every seven people in that 300 person sphere of influence, you're going to get one closed transaction. Divide 300 by seven, that's 43 closed transactions a year from that little database. You think, oh, I don't believe that's gonna work. Well, it's very few people that are able to stay in front of their people a hundred times a year. Why? They don't have the time, they're too busy. I don't like the activities. All the excuses I'm telling you, we gotta prevent. If you wanna know why you can't prevent it, then, you, then you're watching the right thing right now, okay? So the one duty that can be most directly correlated to you hitting your goals in real estate is whether or not you're performing business generation activities. So that needs to be our highest, highest priority. Just like if your goal is to lose weight, you have two activities that you need to focus on and that's it, not the excuses in your head. It's one, do you burn calories? And two, do you cut the intake of calories? If you do those two things, you will hit your weight goal, I promise. I promise, it's just gonna happen. It's like a bank account. Watch what goes in, watch what comes out. You're gonna be fine. You start worrying about other things. Well, I don't know about my protein intake and my natural and organic foods and I gotta watch cards. Yeah, I guess all those things are factors. But it's that focus that you gotta shut the mayor of crazy town down and just stay on your focus. That's where systems and tracking come in, okay? Customer service needs to go in its place because you're gonna spend customer service. Let's assume I say, all right, you're gonna spend two hours a day trying to generate business, doing all the things we've talked about to market to your SOI on your annual database contact plan. Maybe that's you know going on for 15 minutes on Facebook and doing the 10, 10, five, where you're engaging with other people's posts. Maybe it's doing one annual review with one of your clients per day. Maybe it's, you know, setting up and, and reaching out to three or four SOI members to set them up on listing e-alert emails so they start staying up to date with all the sales that occur in their existing neighborhoods. You know, maybe it's, you know, sending out 10 direct messages to invite them to your client event. Let's say you did that for two hours a day, five days a week, okay? That's 10 hours a week that you would spend on that, okay? 10 hours a week. Now imagine, that's 40 hours a month if we take a four week month. If there's 50 weeks in the year, because there's 52 actually, but I'm gonna give you a couple weeks off for vacations. Imagine 50 weeks times 10 hours. 
That'd be 500 hours that you would devote towards generating new business. Can you imagine how much closer to your goals you would come if you devoted 500 hours more towards getting new business? Now, you're like, how could I fit that in? I'm so busy, I've got all these deals. Let me just put that in perspective. That's 10 hours a week. Let's say you're like the normal person that works a 40 hour work week. I'm telling you to devote 25% of your time to your goals. The other 75% will be 100% devoted to customer service. Can you imagine any successful company that devotes 75% of their time and effort to customer service and only 25% to sales? Not many. Most would devote most on the sales end of things. That's where the income comes in. I'm telling you, I just need 25%. That's how many real estate agents rely on the mayor of crazy town to make their decisions. It's very few that can even muster 25%. That's why so many people have to go to work for a company, some big company that will fire them unless they do work. They cannot do it on their own. They have to, they, they forget it. I can't do it. I can't make myself do it. I have to go to work where a manager oversees me and holds me accountable and tracks me. And there's a threat of firing me. That's called accountability. If I don't do it, that's what most people have to do. And such a small percentage of people in real estate succeed is because they can't do it on their own. The small percentage that succeed are self-aware they can't do it on their own. They get coaches, hint, hint. They use calendars, they get accountability, they track, they do all the things that the big companies do for them and then they can make all the money themselves. A lot more money than you're gonna be making working for a big company. So what do they do? Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let me show you what a top producer's calendar looks like. So here's the daily schedule for a top. Now the numbers don't have to be exact or anything like that. Um, I will say that, but you know, these are suggestions on time. You don't have to start your day at eight, but I would start in the morning, but you can see at the very start from eight to eight 30, this agent's got 30 hours or sorry, 30 minutes planned to prep prepare for some sort of business generation activity. Okay. That way they sit down at their desk, they, you know, they scan through their emails and shoot out any emergency emails they need, maybe pull up on their screen, any type of, you know, lists they need to go ahead and start preparing, maybe get their coffee, you know, go pee, whatever they got to do to get ready and settle in to get in the zone. And then for two and a half hours, they're going to actually do some sort of lead generation activity. Okay. And I told you a bunch of examples. We've been through a bunch of examples that you can do with your SOI annual database contact plan to stay first of mind and generate business. Okay. So th this agent's doing it for two and a half hours bonus, right? I say two hours. I know agents to do it for three. Heck, I know agents to do it for one hour a day. That's still better than most. That's better than 95, maybe 98% of agents out there is if they actually generate, try to generate business for five hours a week, 250 hours a year, better than most. Then right after business generation is over, we follow that up with business servicing. This is our customer service, right? 
Why do we do that? Why do we generate? You basically, you're prepping in the morning. Then we generate business in the morning. And then right after that, we have time allotted for business servicing. Let me explain to you why that is. Because if you're trying to generate business for a couple hours in the morning, okay, you're going to inadvertently see text messages come in. You might see emails that come in. You might see direct messages come in. You might see phone calls come in. And then you're going to feel the need to stop your marketing and jump down that rabbit hole. Let me, let me give you a hypothetical. Let's say it's a text message from your seller that you've had listed for a long time and it should have sold by now and it hasn't. And you see a text come in from your seller while you're trying to market. That's a tough one. Kind of, kind of want to pick that one up. But you know, if you pick that up, it might be a 20 minute phone call. You're going to shut down your marketing department. And then that phone call might cause you to do something else. Like, oh, better call the, the stager. They want to stage their house now. Or, and, that, and that's how you go down the rabbit hole and you shut your marketing department down. And it's stuff like that that derails you every day. So why do we jump on that? We jump on that because we're afraid and because we're worried if we don't do it now, we're not going to have time to get to it later. That's why we leave that block of time right after our lead generation time free so that we can always call people back. Because here's the deal, guys. Real estate is the slowest moving industry on the planet. There is never an emergency, ever. And if you think I'm crazy, then you got a mayor in your head that's running things because we are a slow industry. If you want to see any other job as fast, just leave and go to a retail store and ask for something. I need, you know, I need a t-shirt. Here's a t-shirt. I need a bucket of chicken. Here's a bucket of chicken. I need a hamburger. Here's a hamburger. I need, you know what I mean? Whatever you need, they got to give it to you in the retail world. I need a box of chocolates. Here's a box of chocolates. In real estate, it's let's write an offer. I'll get to that tonight. And then it's like, you know, I got three days to respond to you. And then we have this, we have seven days for this and 17 days for that. And we're going to close in 45 days. Nothing is urgent. Everything is slow. And quite frankly, if someone calls you at 9 a.m. and you call them back at 11 after you're done, they better be okay with that. If you don't think they will be, then let me tell you how wrong you are. Now imagine you go into a listing appointment, same block of time, and one of your sellers calls you while you're in the listing appointment. Are you going to stop the listing presentation and answer the call? No. You're going to call them back afterwards. See, your mayor is a liar because you're totally cool with it there. Yet you'll shut it down for doing the activities that get you the listing appointments. Don't listen to your mayor. Now, if you lead generate in the morning, like we showed in this example, you won't get many interruptions because quite frankly, most people don't call you till after 1030. Most agents and most of the real estate industry doesn't even usually wake up till 10, which is why people try to lead generate in the morning because you'll have the least distractions. I know this. I have owned and operated so many real estate brokerages. And I can tell you, I look at Wi-Fi usage. If you go into any real estate office at 9 a.m., it's crickets in there. It's dark. Nothing's happening at 9. Come 1030, though, all the lights go on. It starts to buzz. And if you look at the internet usage, we can see that. It's like, oh, there's no one using the internet in the morning. But boy, between the hours of 10 and 2, man, that internet usage spikes. 
because that's when most agents work 10 to 2. They shut down at 2 unless they got property to sell. They don't work before. They end up working about 10 hours a week, maybe 12, maybe 13. They don't manage their time at all. And that's why 85% of them don't earn a living and 15% of them do all the business. Make sense? Manage your time. There's way more of it than you think. Okay. Then that, so that top producer by noon, he's got back to everybody easily within one hour. That's all you take to do it anyway. I mean, unless you're managing, I, you know, I will give you a caveat. If you've got 20 pending under contract, that's not going to be enough time. But if you have less than 10 under contract, you can handle all your business servicing from Monday to Friday in one hour a day. If you have 10 pending, just here to tell you, because if not, I don't know what you're doing. You have no idea how much time you're wasting. One hour a day, if you have 10 or less pending. Okay. Then you can go to lunch. And then we do what we call lead conversion from one to two. And this is lead follow-up. These are people that we know that want to buy or sell or that have reached out to us that we don't have under contract yet. So they're people that we need to stay up on top of. And hopefully, because, and you'll see, if you don't have that many people right now, understand that's because you're not doing enough lead generation yet. You're not trying to market. If you start marketing for two hours a day, you will generate tons of leads from people that are looking to buy or sell later in this year or investors that are always looking and things like that. You'll have tons of them that you need to do a better job of staying in touch with. You'll start to have lots of listings that aren't your listing yet and they're not technically your listing at all because what ends up happening is, you know, they're saying, oh, maybe this summer, maybe this summer, or maybe later in the year, that type of thing. And, and there's ways you can reach out and say things like, hey, you know, hey, I, you know, I've got a buyer, I wanna show your house, or hey, there's been a new sale in your neighborhood that's gonna change the list price we talked about for your house, or maybe I can get a contractor out there to work on your house. There's ways to start washing their windows, start doing work for them ahead of time to further ingrain yourself with them as that listing agent that they're gonna use. Okay, there's lots of ways we can do that. But to be able to do that, we have to calendar time or we're never gonna get around to that lead follow-up, that lead conversion. And that's bringing leads in and putting them under contract. And contract means lots of things. There's three contracts in real estate. It's a listing agreement, offer and acceptance, and buyer agency agreements. All three of those we call contracts. They are just a lead that still needs to be converted until we have them under one of those three things. Otherwise, they will very possibly transact with another agent. And then you'll get mad at yourself because you didn't follow up with them when you know you could have done it more had you time blocked. And then you'll inadvertently start thinking about it a lot, which means the mayor of crazy town will take over. And then he'll start blaming the other agent that sold with them. And you'll start calling that other agent a snake. And you'll realize that other agent is the agent that sells all the real estate in your area. And you're going to start to say that doesn't work. And that's where you go with it. Mayor of crazy town takes over. What you should have done is time blocked and you should have followed up. Because if you didn't have them under one of those three contracts, they were not your client. And the other agent has no moral or ethical obligation to steer them back to you. None. That is non-debatable. If you're one of those agents that thinks that, you might want to think about another career because you're going to have a lot of complaints. You're going to hate all the other agents. You're going to form judgments. Because you're not doing your job, man. You're not doing your job. Very important. That drives me nuts when agents get worried someone else actually converted better. 
And then after lead conversion, look, another hour blocked of business servicing. So just like after lead generation, we want to focus on lead conversion and we want to know and do so confidently, knowing that we're not going to jump on random text messages or inbox emails because we know we have time slotted and accounted for afterwards to get back to people. Because if someone calls me at 1.30, I don't care who they are. If I call them back at two o'clock, they're gonna be fine. They better be. It's okay that I have other appointments and other meetings. If I get back to anybody same day, they should be okay. Let alone within the hour. So always have your business servicing slotted right after where you need the focus. So if you have a focus activity, protect the time right afterwards so you don't have to jump on inbound communications. You can call them back as an outbound communication when, or email back as an outbound communication or what have you when you have time. Don't respond to texts while you're doing lead conversion or lead generation, okay? Then after that, three o'clock on, you know, if you got nothing else to do, go home. Go to the gym, spend time with your kids, pick them up from school, take them to lunch, whatever. If you've got listing appointments or property to show, go do that. If you don't have any listing appointments or property to show, go home, you're done, don't care. Don't schedule anything after six o'clock PM, period. All of your listing appointments are scheduled at four o'clock and 4.30. If they tell you that they don't get home from work until after 5.30, tell them to get home earlier. Just like a doctor's not gonna hold themselves open after that, you don't either. Make sense? Don't start setting an example that you're gonna take listings at 5.30 or 6 o'clock p.m. Don't take them on Saturdays and Sundays either. That's right, I'm rewriting your program. Someone taught you incorrectly. Someone told you these are all the things you have to do. You had a bad mentor. You had a bad teacher. I'm sorry about that. I am, I'm sorry about that, but you've got no more excuses after this. It's up to you, just like it's up to any professional. If you wanna call yourself a professional, if you wanna be an Uber driver, go be an Uber driver. Then you respond when they call you. If you wanna deliver groceries for Instacart, go do that. But if you wanna be a professional, you dictate your schedule and you set appointments when it's good for you. Stop people pleasing or you'll burn out and do a poor job. You'll hate the industry. And then you'll provide no customer service to anyone because you won't have any freaking customers because you quit. You'll be this sloppy mess that's trying to bring their kids along to a listing appointment dressed up in soccer clothes because you're gonna get your kid late to the freaking soccer match. It's gonna be uncomfortable for everyone. That's good customer service right there, let me tell you. And you're thinking that's like shows how hard you work. No one, no one cares. Freaking get yourself together. Set the appointments when you set the appointments. You'll notice the agents that are the busiest that, that list 100 properties a year, I know because they're my clients. They never work weekends, they never work nights. Why? They have more confidence than you. They tell people when they're, when they're free. Can you imagine calling, like let's say you need a lawyer really bad. You're getting a divorce or you need to sue someone. That's always when you need the best attorney, right? And you call the best attorney and say, hey, I need to really, I, 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 need, to, I need to meet with you. When can I come in? And he's like, oh, come on in. I'm free right now. Come on down. In fact, you want me to come to you? I mean, I don't know how confident I'd be in this attorney. He's pretty available, you know? 
You call the doctor. He's like, yeah, sure. Come on down. How about I come to you? Like, I don't know. This guy's pretty free. He must not have many clients. Maybe he's not the best choice. Do you think it's any different? So why do all the top agents who are 10 times busier than you that list way more properties than you never, never people please? It's because they don't listen to the mayor of crazy town. You do. And you were trained incorrectly. Someone taught you wrong. Stop it. Make sense? Don't listen to him. And don't listen to whoever told you that. Okay. There's three things I want for you. They are these three things. Lead generation time, lead follow-up and conversion time, and most importantly, time with your freaking family. You protect those three things. If you listen to the mayor of crazy town, you will not have time for those three things. I'm telling you, you can sell 10 times as much real estate as you are right now and have time for those three things. I promise you, okay? I absolutely promise you. So moving forward, I want to show you what this will look like on a weekly basis. On a weekly basis, here's your sample calendar, okay? So it's spread out over the course of the week, all right? And notice here, every morning in purple, you can see I've got, you know, lead generation, marketing, business generation time. And here, I think I start at 9 a.m. This is two hours a day. And then at 8.30, they, this person starts at 8.30. And for 30 minutes, they prep. You always want to have that prep time because if you don't put it in there, you're going to, there's always a little bit of settling that has to happen. So make sure you have that. And then afterwards, you see, I've got the business servicing right afterwards. Then we have lunch, right? And look at this lunch with wife, going to lunch with the wife on Thursday. So what do I do? I could say, ah, no time for lead conversion, or I could just push it back a little bit, make some time for it, get it done. That's fine. This is meant to be moved around. Okay. Right. And then I've got some listings and showings in the afternoon in pink. I do like to color coordinate because in green, I got the family stuff and I put that in first. So remember that when you're building your calendar, I want you to put the family stuff in first. I mean, go out for the whole year, put that family stuff in first. Um, if you need to have a weekend calendar, which means you're working on the weekend, which I don't think you need to do, but if you want to in real estate, then then make sure you block all that family stuff first and plan around it. You should always be able to. You just tell them, hey guys, I got an appointment, right? So when can we show property Saturday? Well, I have another appointment from noon to two. So I can show, you know, I could show you the property at 10 a.m. or I could show it to you at uh, three o'clock p.m. Which of those is best for you? Now that noon to two is probably a kid's soccer game. It is none of their freaking business what every one of your appointments are. If it's in your calendar though, it's technically an appointment. So call it an appointment. Don't feel guilty, you're not lying, but it's not their business to know what you're doing. If it's a lunch with your wife or it's a massage or it's your kid's choir recital or what, put it in there, book it, protect it first. Same with lead generation time. Well, my wife and I are only really free Friday morning at 10 a.m. Well. I got an appointment till 11, so could we make 11.30 work? Be that smooth, guys. You're no longer free in the morning. You are not available to your clients in the morning, and they almost never need you in the morning either, just to let you know. You're not free to home inspectors in the morning. You're not free to appraisers in the morning. You're not free to your clients in the morning. Top agents know this. 
If a home inspector says, are you free Thursday at eight? You say, yes, I am. Why so I don't have to lead generate? Look at me, I'm working, I'm a worker. I have a career. Now I can tell all my friends I'm a busy real estate agent because I'm so busy. You're not gonna make any money. You're not gonna do it for long because you're listening to the mayor of crazy town. Tell that home inspector or that appraiser, I'm sorry, I can't get you into 11 that day. What I'm always jammed up in the morning too. What day can we get you in? You know what I mean? That's what you start doing. You start pushing them for those times. Trust me, all these home inspectors and appraisers, they want to get done at noon too. So they're pushing everything in the morning. You are the real estate agent. You run the show. Everybody needs you for business. The lender that hires the appraiser, they need you too. The home inspector, you choose them. They need you too. You decide who gets the business in this industry. It all runs through you. So you dictate your schedule. You are not free in the morning. That's you time. That's where you actually do work to provide for your family. Do not shortcut your kid's education. Do not shortcut your spouse's well-being. Stop cheating on your family with a home inspector. Stop cheating on your family with an appraiser. Stop putting their needs ahead of your families. If you listen to the mayor of crazy town, he's going to tell you to do that. Okay. So you're no longer free in the morning. I want your mornings for you. And then after business servicing, you're free and we can start pushing things back then. Okay. Remember that we are not free. There are not to mention in the morning, there's fewer distractions like we talked about. I mean, there are very few people, you know, at 8 30, 9, 9 30, 10, they're going to be reaching out to you. So there's less to shield your focus from. There's way less to shield. You see what I'm saying? There's going to be few. Now, if you schedule lead generation from 11 to 1, you're going to have a hell of a time holding that down. Everybody's going to be reaching out to you. Everybody's going to be calling. That's why we try to push it as early as possible. The earlier you push it, the less interruptions, the less distractions. Okay. Now, for those of you that think you calendar, because your calendar is a whole bunch of appointments you have with other people, that's not calendaring. Okay. Most people use a calendar only for appointments with other people because we don't care about ourselves or our family. That's who we do work for. We tell our spouse that we've been at work all day, even though we really haven't been doing the one thing that defines work, which is business generation. We're just there people pleasing all of our affiliates. You realize that? That's why so many people fail in real estate. They want to pretend they have a job, but they really don't want to work. So if you really want to earn income, do the mark, you know, protect that marketing activity. That's not an appointment with somebody else. So you have to honor your appointments with yourself. That's called a time block, right? That's called a time block. You have to honor that time. You have to honor your calendar. It's the thinnest layer of accountability we have. Okay. Otherwise, what you're going to do is a calendar filled of appointments that you have with other people that are really just reminders. You have no intention. You'll never, ever have a hard time showing up to meet someone else. Cause the last thing you want to do, heaven forbid is let somebody else down. You'll let yourself down all day long. You'll let your family down all day long and ignore the things that you know you need to do to hit your goals and provide for your family. 
But when it comes to letting a home inspector in, oh boy, I'll be there because I don't want to look like an idiot. See what I'm saying? That's just the way it is. That's why it's crazy town. You're human. That makes you normal. Just be self-aware of it. That's why we have a calendar for the stuff we really need to get done. Otherwise, you'll have a calendar of people pleasing and a to-do list of stuff you'll never get done. To-do lists are horrible. They're horrible. That's why they just grow longer at the bottom and you never get to them. They're only there for when you have free time. So if you put anything on a, on a, on a to-do list, it's your lowest priority items. So everything you've got on your to-do list, those are your lowest priority items. Take them and put them into a time block. And oh my gosh, all of a sudden you start getting your to-do list done because you assign a by when you're gonna do it. You give it accountability. You give it a place in your order of priority. All of a sudden your to-do list will start getting done. Get rid of to-do lists, they're horrible. Almost every time management guru in the world will tell you the same. Once you put it in a calendar, your calendar becomes your have to do list because you have a commitment as to when you're going to do it. This makes sense. So that's the idea here. Okay. That's the idea here. I want us understanding that time management is not about being a workhorse and working harder. Yes, you can work weekends. Yes, you can hold open houses. Yes, you can do things. But man, if you're going to work the weekends, maybe on a Thursday, cut out at three o'clock if you don't have any property to show or listing appointments. Time management is not about working more than somebody else. It's more about priorities, about planning ahead, and most importantly, fiercely protecting your time, honoring your calendar. That's what time management is. It's controlling your time so that you get done everything that you want to get done, okay? And remember the rule of balance and counterbalance, okay? If every now and then you're gonna get busy, like you might have a list a week where you take eight listings and yeah, you'll have to burn the midnight oil. You might stay up late, not see your family a few, few nights. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Just make sure you counterbalance and give yourself the weekend off or maybe Monday too. You know what I'm saying? The idea that you're gonna just be done every day at five o'clock is crazy. That's, that's not what successful people do. It's not about balancing that tightrope of work and then it shuts off. Sorry, that's not real estate. There will be times you get more business than others. And highly successful people know when to flex in and out, balance and counterbalance. That's that actually, that concept comes from the One Thing book by Gary Keller, the concept of balance and counterbalance. And I love it. It's, it's my favorite part of the whole book. And it's a great book, by the way, if you haven't read that book on time management, it's a very, very good one. Um, because it talks about that concept, um, about how there will be times. Don't, you know, you burn the midnight oil, but then make sure you have some time blocked to A, relax, B, do what you like to do, and C, spend some time with your family. So flex in and flex out. The other thing is I want, you know, I want you to be, a calendar is not meant to hold together either, right? Like if your, you know, wife needs to go to the hospital, I'm not going to say, hey, wait till after I get my lead generation done. Or if, you know, your father dies and you got to attend the funeral, 
in two days. I'm not saying, oops, let's schedule it in the afternoon because I got a lead gen that Makes sense? But it does mean we can reschedule it. Those are serious things, but believe it or not, I mean, I, you can even take a week off and go on vacation. And rather than doing two hours a day, you might do three hours a day the week before and three hours a day the week afterwards. And guess what? You didn't even take a vacation. You were gone for a week, but you got the same amount of business generation activities done. Make sense? Pretty crazy. You have that ability to what we call erase and replace in your calendar. You can erase something for an emergency or an opportunity that absolutely jumps up as much as you want, so long as you replace it. So it's a getting good at mastering and controlling time. Just don't let it die in your calendar. Don't delete it. Put it somewhere else it fits. It's okay to reschedule. It's okay to move things around. Just make it all fit and you'll hit your goals. Every day, I, I honestly, because I do this, and every single day, I feel as though I have accomplished everything I was supposed to do that day. I have that feeling every night. I really do. I honestly do. I got everything done I was supposed to do. Because if I didn't, it got moved to some place I have time to get it done. I never say, I don't know when I'm going to get this done, because if that's the case, I need to look at my calendar and move some stuff around and make it fit. There's always a solution to time, because you're in control of it. If you're worried about having enough time, then you're not in control, which means you're not using a calendar and a half to-do list. Maybe you have a to-do list or you're not honoring your calendar. How do we ensure we honor our calendar, that we follow it? We don't just like go throughout our day and just pretend the calendar's there. Quite frankly, that's done through tracking and accountability. The reason we track, we really track for three reasons, right? We track for accountability, we track for diagnosis, and we track for motivation. Those three things. Okay. Number one, accountability. The thing that we track the most is activity-based indicators, not results-based indicators. So I want to see you doing a lot of track tracking of activities that generate business. Don't be just tracking how many pending you have year to date or, you know, how many, uh, you know, you've closed year to date. Those are results-based indicators. Those are RBIs. Those are great, but you can't act on them. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're motivating, sure. You should track them. You should know how many you've closed and what your year-to-date closings are. But I can't like move the needle on my income or my production or my success based on results. If I track how many listing appointments I've had, that's super, <laughs> but I can't just say, okay, I'm gonna go get a bunch of listing appointments today you got to do something else, some other activity that generates listing appointments. That's why we track activity-based indicators. Again, you don't have to like the activities, but you do need to like the results. So this is why a lot of top agents will actually keep some sort of tracking sheet. A lot of my teams will use something like this, a team scoreboard, right? And you can see here's an example of some things they track. Now you can track any way you want to, but here's ABI's activity-based indicators. This team happens to track the number of SOI contacts they do each week. Could be daily too. The number of SOI growth, how many people they add to their SOI each week. The amount of lead follow-up tasks. How many 
tasks they do in their follow-up campaign categories each week, right? Because they're using their CRM and it tells them all the follow-ups they need to do in their annual database contact plan. Are they doing them? If so, there shouldn't be any outstanding tasks showing up. If they're behind, there should be tasks. Our goal is to keep them at zero. By each Friday, got to get them caught up by Friday at five to go home and enjoy the weekend. Maybe they're converting online leads. Maybe they're doing open houses. Maybe they're doing expired listings. Maybe they're doing social media posts. Maybe they're doing the, the, the Facebook 1010 Maybe they're doing annual reviews. Whatever they're doing, maybe they're recruiting because they're the leader of a team. We're going to track it. We're going to track those activity-based indicators, right? And yeah, we might track how many appointments we set, contracts we write. Yes, we're gonna, we might track you know, our results too. We might track how many they've got under contract, how many they've got pending, not you know, how many they've closed year to date and their close volume. They might track those things, okay? But I really care about those ABIs we showed at first, okay? I really cared about those ABIs we showed first. Very important. That's crucial, right? Now, other things we can use to track that are important. Um, there's tons of tools. You don't, I mean, you don't need mine. I'll, I'll, you know, of course you can download all these, but here's just, a, you know, you make this on a piece of paper. It's just an, you know, an annual SOI member contact form. This is a fillable form. You can download if you'd like, but you type in their name, their phone, their email, and their mailing address. These are people that we're growing because as we're trying to grow our SOI database, we talked about different ways you can grow it. We need to get this general information. Once we have this information, we know if we have a goal to add five people to our database every single week, you know, we got to fill one of these out every single month, four weeks in a month, 20 people added, right? You do that. That's 240 people. You're going to add to your SOI every single year. Okay. Could just be tracking contacts, right? got lots of ways to do that. I'll show you another one. I mean, there's, you could do this on your own, you know, a, a, a yellow pad. I've just got endless forms. I could probably share hundreds of forms. You can download all of these, but you know, here's, you know, what type of lead generation, the name, the phone number, the email, you know, all of that, where do they live, those notes, um, you know, how many, you know, this could be SOI contacts. These are all different way, different numbers of, you know, how many FISBO contacts, expire contacts, you know, circle prospecting, sphere of influence, how many contacts, how many appointments made. You can fill it in and freestyle in this form any way you want to. Could be fill up, fill up, and you, you can even change the fields down below. You know, they could be lead follow-up calls. I just put some sample things in there to show you what you could do, okay? Could be, you know, just calling your sphere of influence, for example, track it, if you want to get it done, because then you have certain goals and you'll hold your time blocks better. So, you know, maybe we call, list all the people we call that we talked to. Did we ask for an appointment? Did we ask for a referral or whatever we want to ask for? What are their notes, right? Total them up, find the contacts and your referrals and appointments made. Track it. Track it. Build your own if you don't like these. The point of the matter, track how many you don't just do it naturally or crazy town's going to say you've done enough. Have a goal and track it. Now you can download all of these if that makes sense. Okay. That's the idea. So track all of these and follow it out. It'll hold you accountable. Remember this and it'll motivate you. 
and let this motivate you. Remember the 10-10-80 for accountability. 10% of an agent's success comes from knowing what to do, knowledge of how to generate business. You all have that. You've been with me here. We've been talking for 10 weeks straight about the SOI. You have enough knowledge to succeed. Knowledge is not king in real, king in real estate. It's not. Most agents know what to do. They just don't start doing it. That's the second 10% of success. Starting to do it, taking action. So knowing is 10% of the ratio to success. Starting is another 10. Together, that's only 20% of the formula for success. success. Do you know what eight, the remaining 80% is? Keeping doing it. Can you keep doing it? Can you keep doing it when you get busy? Can you keep doing it when you get tired of it? Can you keep doing it when you don't get results? Most of us has tried to do some sort of business generation activity. Do you have the systems in place? Do you have a coach? Do you have a calendar? Do you, are you tracking? Are you time blocking? If you have it, you're self-aware of all this, you'll be able to keep doing it. That's where almost all agents fail. And that's why it's such a big portion of the formula for success, because that's where most agents fail. And if you look at the top producing agents, they answered yes to all those questions. They do. So what do we do here? So the first thing I want you to do is get your calendar together. Okay. These are your action steps. I want you to get your calendar together. And I want you to time block. The first thing I want you to do is go through and put all your personal time in there all your trips, all your vacation, all the things that you need to do with your family that you haven't been. Freaking do it now. Put it in there, protect it at all costs, fiercely, and don't let anything come in the way. Then I want you to go put in your business generation time, your marketing department in the morning for a couple hours. And then I want you to put in your business follow-up time after lunch sometime, just after lunch. Then you put your business servicing after those two and you make everything else fall in between the cracks and you force it. You live with that until it becomes habitual. If you need advanced training on that, go to YouTube and I want you to type in Big Rocks by Stephen Covey. And I want you to watch the old black and white video of business guru Stephen Covey explaining the Big Rocks concept. It takes about 20 minutes. It's probably in black and white or really, really old color, technicolor or whatever. And I want you to watch Stephen Cully explain how you will make everything fit around that schedule I just had you create. It's that important, guys. I want you to put that in there and I want you to start tracking your business generation activities. I want you to have goals for how many contacts you're going to make, for how many open houses you're going to have, for how many social media posts you're going to do, for how many 10, 10, fives you're going to do, how many annual reviews you're going to do. I want you to have goals for it. And I want you to track it because if you track it, then you will erase and replace when things get in the way. You won't just delete that day's marketing activities. You'll have goals. You know, if you're hitting them, do what the top producing agents do guys. Success leaves clues and I'm giving them all to you. It's up to you guys to pick each and every one of them up, okay?
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Trainer Podcast, sponsored by Eisenhower Coaching and Consulting. For more information about real estate coaching or to watch Brian's training videos, check out therealestatetrainer.com or find us on social media. And remember, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you get the latest episodes as soon as they're available.